Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Digitalization Tech Talks. My name is Don Mack. Jonas Narinder and I will be your hosts on today's show. Let's get right into today's topic. Gaining insights into areas such as operations, maintenance, and engineering through data analysis is a hallmark of digitalization. But often, obtaining useful insights can be challenging based on the sheer quantity of data being generated, combined with the fact that at times the data quality is poor. So how can we see through massive amounts of sometimes faulty data and gain useful insights into operations? That's what we'll discuss today. Yeah, and personally, I'm very excited about this topic because in many of the conversations related to digitalization, the data question typically comes up. Now, the most common question, at least from my experience, is typically around how to get access to specific data sources, oftentimes from some older equipment. And after that, there's always interest in knowing what can be done with the data, so how to create value. And I know our guest today will touch on both of those topics today, so I'm really looking forward to it. I am as well, Jonas. So speaking of our guest, his name is Steve Jacklin. Steve is a solution architect focused on industrial operations intelligence with Siemens Digital Industries Software. Steve, welcome to the show. We're looking forward to making some sense out of this topic. Thanks, Don and Jonas. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys today, and I also think that this is a very interesting topic. Uh, I'm looking forward to slicing into it and talking about forward later in this talk today. Okay, well then let's jump right in. Uh, how would you describe today's situation in the process industries as it pertains to data? Well, honestly, it's a data flood. You know, uh, ever since the dawn of the information age, almost every pursuit of mankind has resulted in the creation of data, you know, vast volumes of it. We digitalize all kinds of information in all kinds of ways and have begun the trend of creating digital twins to, to uh, model our real world processes and complex equipment. Uh, and for some time now, you know, many of the industries have been on this path to a digital transformation. Many already have some kind of digital twin, but some of the biggest challenges have been uh, to, for them to be able to manage the massive amounts of data related to this digital twin and make sure it's presenting the latest possible and accu most accurate information. Um, industry experiences have proven that many owner operators routinely expend 20% or more of the costly time of their subject matter experts in the pursuit of data creation. And, you know, this, this mundane task of gathering, validating, maintaining data for use in presentation and analysis. It's commonplace to see even smaller organizations using upwards of 400 subject matter expert hours or SME hours per month in this type of activity. And it's the most expensive resources on your payroll we're talking about here. Uh, you know, this conservatively equates to over $400,000 annually being spent from their already shrinking engineering and R&D budgets. Holy cow, those are some pretty astonishing numbers. Uh, I don't think that's the kind of money you want to spend on creating and finding data when budgets are as tight as they are. Now, when you look at uh, some of the, uh, what are the implications of the situation, the current situations for embarking on a digital transformation journey, would you say, Steve? One implication is that all the time spent to find information may cause project overruns, certainly with significant impacts in productivity and, and budgets. That's the obvious one. But a deeper implication is that even with all this time spent to find information, there is a high risk that it is not the most recent and accurate information, as there are different data silos created in nearly every phase and discipline of these assets. 
In many businesses today, information is still not centralized and consequently it's not updated regularly, if at all. As a result, they end up having several versions of the truth. This ultimately leads to wrong decisions or errors that also impact production performance and thus costs. In extreme cases, it also causes some safety issues. Yeah, and that's obviously not an ideal situation or scenario for, for anybody, for any company. So what can end users in the process industries do to take them down a path that will lead to success with data and business intelligence? I really think that's something that our listeners would love to hear and me too. Well, you bet. You know, uh, in fact, let's let's do a little bit of a skewing on the terms. Everybody understands the concept of business intelligence. It's been with us for probably the better part of a couple of decades or more now. What we're talking about here is, is, an, is an enhancement and an evolution on the concept uh, referred to as operations intelligence. Think of it as business intelligence, but for industry. Take all that business intelligence gave us in, in the, the paper-driven businesses, the banking and the trust companies, the investment and finance houses, and we add real-time process and historical information to the information model. And that's where the solutions come in for operations intelligence. It's it's BI, but with operations added into the factor. They've been helping people achieve digitalization with ops intelligence for um, a number of years now. This is a fairly mature concept as well, although not everybody understands the term. Uh, it's been around for a while, and, and we basically handle the collection of data to provide the information all this type of information that we just finished talking about in context, you know, to the users in a timely manner. It, it still gives you the same concept as a BI model, a single powerful information model, but it's dynamically generated. It's always up to date and every user can slice and dice it from their job function perspective and from their workflow perspective. It's tailored for each user's experience and needs. Many companies around the world have quickly implemented this kind of data integration and visualization solution, varying stripes and capacities for automating the process of data aggregation and, you know, and goal to give better, deeper insights for performance analysis and economics and other types of business drivers. Reliable solutions based on decades of industry know-how uh, provide reliable information securely to the right people at the right time and in the right place. And since the work is pro uh, the work process is automated, uh, customer SMEs are empowered to quickly propose and validate ways to improve the process to meet targets and improve the business. There are several interesting use cases which I've been involved in where end users have really achieved impactful results, such as management of large fleets of top tier equipment uh, and in quick isolation and identification of bad actors. These are, these are invaluable to get to the heart of a problem and start coming up with a game plan to resolve and prevent it from occurring again as soon as possible. A great recent example that we had worked on or one of my teams had worked on, uh, obtained some data from inspection reports for hundreds of pieces of equipment. It's quite literally a pile of thousands of data elements for each piece of equipment. We refactored it to be dynamically presented visually as an easy to understand at a glance diagram for each piece of equipment. And we replaced stacks of report data with visually accessible interpretations of the data. You can see it at a glance. So, you know, intellectually, it's accessible in front of your nose. You don't have to dig through piles and try and understand uh, what you're looking at in all these reports. At the end of the day, these solutions enable far better and faster decisions. It frees up the SMEs to do what they do best, develop better designs and processes. Steve, that definitely sounds like a, a desirable place for manufacturers in the process industries to be. Um, I, I guess the next question would be, what next steps can they take to best ensure a successful uh, outcome? 
meaning one that's going to give them the, the desired results. Well, you bet. You know, I've got a few recommendations here, uh, Don. You know, first of all, you know, when you decide to set out on your path to operations digitalization, always keep one concept in focus, laser focus, the single version of the truth. Avoid any kind of uh, technology or information models that require you to duplicate your data into another location. If you avoid data duplication and you ensure that each of your data types exist in only one place, then you ensure that you will always have a unique source of truth for each type of data used in your twin. This does not necessarily mean one physical singular place. It's that for each type of data, make sure you know where the right place is to store that type of data. And then if you're trying to build a solution, an operations intelligence solution, then you bring it together dynamically as and when you need it. Don't copy it. Those copies cause latencies, they cause duplications, they cause errors. And ultimately what you wind up with is people gathered around boardroom tables, all professing to have the answer to the same question, but none of their answers equal each other's. No two are alike. I'd also point out that as with every project, the customer needs high velocity to implement their digital twin. One of the best ways of achieving a viable solution in the shortest possible time is through leveraging reusable content. And not just any reusable content. What you want here is powerful, proven, reusable content made for industry, for industrial customers and industrial problems. You need reusable elements that accelerate the creation and presentation of KPIs and envelopes and current statuses of your, your values for your, for your process and equipment, trending directions, and you want to be able to identify and trigger alerts on at-risk targets and thresholds. Moreover, you want reusable content that can be easily combined into a powerful single information model, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, and a solution that is capable of presenting information to everybody in ways that are meaning, meaningful for each user's role and job function. We call this last part contextualization. Often you'll find that the best sources for, this, for the, uh, these types of reusable content are the industry product suppliers due to their long track records of building equipment and solutions in the process industries. They are in fact themselves industrial businesses because they make products for industry. They understand what you need. So these are probably the first places you wanna to check to see if you can find some reusable content that will accelerate your path towards digitalization. So I just want to touch on this reusable content again, because you obviously mentioned that quite a few times. Can you just briefly explain where this reusable content is coming from and how you can reuse it? Yeah, sure I can. You know, there, there's a there's a little bit of a, of a history trace to kind of back into here first. So I'm going to pull the audience back just a little bit here. You know, the, the concept of reuse has been around for a long time in, in software coding. If you're a programmer going back and uh, now approaching half a century, you understood the, the and appreciate the value of re reusing chunks of code. We'd call them libraries and later on assemblies and, and the like and so forth. Uh, in terms of data, you know, where, where this really took flight was probably about two, three decades ago, yeah, probably you know, just before the turn of the century. We started talking a lot about data warehousing and there's this term, business intelligence solutions, you know, where the first technologies to, to uh, these are the first to, to manage, provide manageable data integration solutions. Um, you know, these were fairly, there was a fair, fair high degree of flexibility and sophistication in the granularity of how the data is reused in these platforms. You know, data could be easily captured, integrated, reused in the field, the column, the table, the entire database level. So you had lots of ways to, you know, uh, intelligently reuse elements of your data model. 
Unfortunately, the presentation or the visual tier technology of the day, technologies of the day, sorry, were largely stuck with reuse at the level of an entire form or display level. You know, the, the, the mode of operation for the day was copy, reuse, modify, rinse, and repeat. And you might end up at the end of the day with dozens, hundreds of displays that are slightly modified and tweaked copies of an original design. And that all worked fine initially, but we very quickly ran into situations where we discovered that, oh, you know, 50 copies in, hey, we should have actually made that solution slightly different. We should have made that element of the display slightly different, or we've discovered an error, or maybe we want to enhance it. So what do we have to do? We've got to go back to the original display, we make the change, and we repeat this whole exercise all over again. Net result is you wind up with, with customers basically owning the burden of hundreds. And in some cases, this is not an exaggeration, customers will tell me about thousands of displays in their inventories because they just didn't have an intelligently reusable architecture. So this is proving to be very costly, continues to be so on this day. It's very costly to own and maintain and support. Uh, and, and owing to the amount of hu manual human activity in this you know, copy, mangle, rinse, and repeat exercise, it's still very error prone, which adds even more risk and cost. So the technologies and best practices used for data and visual integration that appeared on the scene a little bit later on, around the dawn of operations intelligence, sometime after the, the, the world of warehousing being popular, so I would say somewhere around, you know, 2005, 2006, you start to see a lot more of operations intelligence solutions. Uh, we saw a much more object oriented design approach. You know, principles they, they, of OO started to permeate deeper down into the solution architectures of these products and technologies. You know, it introduced capabilities uh, to model and template visual elements at a very low level of design or a high degree of granularity, if you prefer that concept. Today, we can create a single visual control as simple as a single text value field, complete with its own data, data binding settings configured and ready for reuse. It's ready to reuse and run visually the color, the fonts, the aspect ratio, the data source connectivity, and many other attributes are already pre-configured. You just place it down and map the specific tag or record ID and it's ready to perform. Similarly, an entire row, I'm using air quotes here now, a, a, an entire row in what looks like a table in these operations intelligence environments could actually be an assembly of data values and visual elements, each pre-configured to fetch its data from a disparate data source, be it real-time process value from the PCS or captured as the latest value in its historian, spare parts data from a relational database, and engineering process design data from a design system, for example, all pre-configured as a reusable row of content. You only need to decide how many rows to make up your page in the visual table construct and how many page, how the paging maps uh, to the rows of the data connections. So it's, it sounds it sounds pretty amazing. And to me, it, by actually reusing the content, it is possible for end users to get some relief from the data pain that a lot of them are experiencing. I mean, are we at that level, Steve? Absolutely, that's, that's absolutely okay. correct. This flexibility in how and where you combine objects and context for reuse is entirely your own choice. The benefit of an OO approach 
is that the corrections and enhancements I previously talked about at length can be affected once in the original object or template definition, and they will automatically be inherited by all of the instances using them in your solution. You no longer need to suffer the burden and risk of making the same change or correction manually to multitudes of display copies. An additional, but perhaps less obvious benefit here is that you can focus more energy on designing and testing and implementing a design up front. Your quality and error rate will improve before you create even the second copy of your solution. It also accelerates the effort to design and implement the full solution, meaning it enables you to reach the project break-even point and start achieving return on your investment or ROI more quickly. And yes, for those traditionalists out there who enjoy the challenge of hunting down obscure bugs, you certainly can still copy, reuse, modify, rinse, repeat at the display level if you so desire, although we certainly recommend you use this very coarse-grained approach only when the design absolutely requires it. You're not forced to use it everywhere anymore. Steve, you've covered a lot of different points for us, some obstacles that you can run into and ways to be successful around it, so really appreciate that. and. Uh, thanks uh, for joining us on the show today to talk about how to implement operations intelligence as part of an overall digital transformation. Uh, thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, do you have any final wrap-up comments or anything you'd like to leave our audience with before we wrap up? Yeah, sure, certainly. I'd like to kind of summarize the key talking points or the key topics here that just to kind of keep in, in, your, in your grocery list as you're shopping for solutions with operations intelligence. You know, the first is stay focused. Ensure that your data is coming together to form a single trustworthy version of the truth. Avoid imitators out there who would build second and third generation stale copies of your data. That's not helping you, that's just creating more work for you. Finally, look for technologies and platforms that have enjoyed a long successful track record of industry successes. These should result in a wealth of powerful, proven reusable content that will ensure that your operations digital twin is stood up and producing benefit for you in the shortest possible time. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to be here, guys, and, uh, and a big thank you to the audience for your time today. My team and I are available if anyone in the audience would like more information on this topic. Thanks, Steve. We really, again, appreciate having you on today and uh, for your time. Uh, that does bring Bring us to the end of today's episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. Uh, as always, if you have any questions about this topic, you can feel free to email Steve. His email address is in the show notes. And Jonas and I are always open to your comments, thoughts, or feedback on the show or the topics. You can also find our contact information in the show notes as well. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard today, please help us spread the word by rating the show. And of course, make sure to subscribe so that you're in the loop when new episodes are released. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks.